Hey, I'm Dustin. And I'm Steve. Welcome back, listeners, to the finest phototainment in the world. That's right, you're listening to another episode of the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast, an irreverent look at wedding photography. This podcast, like aspirin, will help you recover from your wedding hangover. Hangover. Dustin. Yes, I see that you and Corinne are getting family photos this week. Didn't you just get family photos? Yeah, I, I guess that was kind of a, a the the first one was actually just a last minute thing where we saw uh, a friend of ours doing mini sessions and we're like, hey, uh, we can squeeze in a mini session. I'm and pretty certain you said on this podcast you didn't know that person and you were doing the mini session to meet that person. Well, we didn't know. It's like one of those people that you like talk to on social media, but you've never actually really met them in oh, person. Okay, so you were just sliding into her DMs. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nice, nice. Yep. Talked a lot on the soch, as I like to call it, yeah. as a young millennial. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've never actually, uh, I don't think we have at least. I think I borrowed like a USB cord from her in a Starbucks one, one time. But uh, yeah, never done face to face. Uh, but kind of the same situation. This Wednesday, uh, we are getting family photos taken by the um, famous uh, photographer Megan Renee Thompson. Um, oh, wait, wait, wait! I I know Megan Renee Thompson. Yeah, I know. That's because she, she's she did family famous. Photos of me. That's because and my you wife. and Jen use famous photographers, Stephen. But yeah, so we're super excited about this family session. But uh, whenever we do family photos, uh, Corinne gets insanely stressed about outfit selections Mm -hmm. and what we're going to wear. And we were in love with you and Jen's family photos from last year. And so we're kind of taking a feather out of your hat, if you will, and doing something kind of dressy, um, but then kind of doing something a little bit more laid back with the, with the whole family, with the kids and stuff. Uh, So nice, nice. That way we can be kind of cool like you guys and uh, step up our our portrait game, so to speak, with uh, what we got imagery wise. But yeah, we're uh, we're nervously excited. Nervously excited. What does that mean? Um, I don't know. Like being in, on the other side of the camera is uh, terrifying. Oh, dude, it's so good. You feel like a model. People are always saying to you, "Oh my gosh, Steve, you look so great today." Oh, Steve, mm. your smile is the most contagious smile in the world. And you know that it's all 100% lies, but it still feels great. Mm, yeah. But Steve, your smile does look great. <laughs> oh, thank you, Dustin. And I just I just love the way that smile looks in skinny jeans. <laughs> mm. Mm. Wear those jeans all the way up to that smile. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I do wear my jeans high. I love that floodwater look. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, let's go straight into follow-up. Dustin, Steven. you have the very first thing here in the follow-up, Steve's thoughts on Instagram collages. Yeah, Steve. Uh, are what? we still of the same belief? Uh, I just Just a, a constant <laughs> curiosity on my part. I just constantly want to just check in on your anger rages mm-hmm. from time yeah, to time what, what and see. That? Uh, honestly, Steve, I mean, the listeners want to know if perhaps maybe a particular listener was called out, maybe <laughs> felt a little degraded, stepped on. Uh, and I just I just wanted to recheck in, um, see what your thoughts were. Mm, still still know, love them. 
I am not a fan of Instagram collages to this day. I think it messes with your brain. You now have to post three photos every time you post to Instagram. It's just, it's like a huge waste of my time if I'm thinking about it as I can't just post one photo that I like. I now have to post three photos. And a lot of times when I post those three photos, I'm posting one photo that I've cut up into three pieces. And it just... Ah oh, man, I just, I don't want to ever do it myself. If you want to do it, that's fine. Um, but here's the thing. I, I probably won't end up following you if you do it because when your photos come up in my Instagram feed, it's going to be like, oh, what is this random thing that I can't really make out? It looks like somebody's mouth and I'm not going to click through to see the whole collage. And I'm just going to be like, well, that was a waste of my time and a waste of another photo on my Instagram. <laughs> Was that what you were looking for? You just wanted me to be mean to this person who wrote in to say that they felt personally attacked by my last rant so I could personally attack them again? Yep, pretty pretty much. I just wanted to make sure the anger rage was still there. I wanted to make sure that the listeners out there know that no matter what you write in, it's not going to change us. We are who we are, (laughs) and this is an authentic podcast with real people with real thoughts and real feelings, good or bad, take us for what we are. Um, but here's the thing, if you do collages and if that works for your business and if it makes you happy, I'm cool with that. Like do that for yourself. Don't worry about me. You be you. Every picture I post on Instagram listeners, I just want you to know, I always think, is Steve going to like this? (laughs) Is Steve going to give me a like? Is he, is he perhaps going to comment on this? And the answer is if it's a photo of your babies, then 100%. Yeah. I'm giving you a like on that. Yeah, there's there's a I calculated the odds of all my posts combined with all the comments Steven has ever left me and there is a 1 in 352 chance that you will get a comment from the great Steven Van Elk if your name is Dustin McKibben. So, doesn't be I give you comments flattered. through text all the time and and I give you comments on this podcast all the time. You get all the comments from me. You doesn't, get doesn't most feel the of same. my comments. Doesn't feel the same, Steve. All right, doesn't you want to do some follow-up? That's that's kind of uh, pointed at one of us. Um, last week on the podcast, you said to me in front of my heroes, Tom and Greg, um, that you use the one-star method and that I'm doing it wrong because I flag things in Lightroom. Why yeah. did you do that, Dustin? Uh, because I, I want you to be a better photographer, Steve, and I only know one way that you will do that, and that's uh, social humiliation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Here's so, my thing. So Here's are you thing. doing it now? I do have that's all I want to know. No, 100% just Damn. using flags still. Uh, P and U, uh, that's pick and unpick. Super, super easy in Lightroom. Here is also my wrong problem with the star system. One, you have one, two, three, four, five. That's on the left-hand side of your keyboard. If you hit one star on one of your photos and you want to say, I don't know, remove that star because you didn't want to pick it, now you have to go to the complete other side of your keyboard. That's a very long way for your hand to travel. Also, you might have to lift your other hand, and now you got two hands on the keyboard, and that right hand should have been on the arrow keys anyway so that you could go to the next photo real easy. So I do not like it from a standpoint of it doesn't make sense and it doesn't help me be faster when I'm calling. Um, but here is the, the thing where it really gets down to it, Dustin. If you are giving your photos 
one star. You're giving them one star out of five stars, and you are creating an emotional and mental block saying your photos are only worthy of one star. That is why I do flag and unflag, because there's no one star, two star, three star, five, four star, five star. It's just flag, unflag. Every photo that gets flagged to me is a winner. I'm not saying every single photo is a one out of five stars, which is what you're mentally and emotionally doing to yourself every single time I, you get in Lightroom. Every time, Dustin. <laughs> and it's it, still, you uh, it's talk still to completely me and, uh, 100% wrong, but it's, uh, it's okay, Steve. Completely 100% wrong, but I'm looking out for you. I think if you're going to use a star system to pick, you should do five stars for all of them. And then if you want to use... Used to. I used to do five stars for all of them. And then I was, you know, I'm like, oh, I want to pick the photos for my blog. Wait, oh, now I have to do colors? No, that makes no sense. I want to. So you one star the selects. No, you one star. So this is my, my hand. I'm, I'm calling as we do this podcast because that's how busy I am. Um, oh, my gosh. So my, my keyboard setup is. I've got my right hand on the arrow keys, you know, as one does. And then I've got my left hand on the one and two star keys. And I'm so decisive, Steve, I never have to hit the zero key. I never have to I never have to reach that three inches from one side of the keyboard to the other. So I've, I'm one starring uh, the selects, and then I'm two starring the extra good selects that are going to make it into social media or blog or whatever. Or perhaps it needs a little bit extra Photoshop editing help. Um, so you do your go, uh, pics for your blog post when you're going through and calling the first time? I do. I do indeed. Mm, see, I don't do that. I go through a second time and I five-star everything that I'm going to put on the blog or in other places. I mean, so then sometimes if it's a full wedding, I will go back through the two stars and then a three star the oh ones this, that are going to go on the blog if there's too many killing my mind and making me want to quit this podcast so hard Ugh. steve don't don't let your your terrible habits influence your decisions to no, no no Dustin, i'm very very interested in learning more about the Dustin mckibben star system uh, well, I attended when I was at Mystic Seminars an entire intensive on Lightroom workflow. Yeah, and they and, got it wrong. <laughs> and uh, I was already doing the star system, and I was really pleased to hear him say that the star system was 100% the best method. Was a to great do way it. to devalue your own photos. Yeah, correct. Uh, they said that it only devalues your photos if you uh, have the mental fortitude of a five-year-old. And who, I do. Uh, I think everybody can agree who listens needs, to this podcast that I have the mental fortitude to see, of a five-year-old. Needs to put their own five-star, like needs to put a little A-plus on all their photos. Mm-hmm. So uh, That's 100% me. What I've been working with with a team of developers is some uh, plug-in for Lightroom where all photos have an A-plus, plus, plus, plus in red or green depending on colorblindness, uh, across the top corner of every photo that comes across the screen. No Is that matter in C++ or how, how are you writing that, that program? It's, uh, it's written in the, like the Cypress script. Really okay, wanted cool. to take it back. Yeah. yeah. No. Etching yeah. it out in hieroglyphics on a, a stone tablet. Yeah. Uh, speaking of follow-up, 
I wanted to bring up a topic we spoke about a while ago um, about other, uh, like I think we were talking about videographers uh, sharing still images. Mm -hmm. And I believe you touched on DJs that took still images. Oh, yeah. And I had an instance with my wedding last weekend uh, where it was at like one of the, have you ever been to one of those reception halls where it's kind of like a dome? Like it's uh, uh, like an inflatable type room. I don't really know how else to explain it. Kind of like a football stadium that's like only being held up by air. So you somehow traveled back in time and shot in the RCA dump? Sort of like the RCA dome, but here in Fort Wayne, we have a, two venues uh, that are... Disgusting. Um, I'm sorry, what? They're sort of retro. It's like they laid a concrete slab, and they're like, we ran out of money. Can't put walls up. What should we do? Uh, uh, I've got some bed sheets we can tie together, and we could fill this sucker with air and make a dome. Those domes right, are actually probably made out of the RCA dome because they sold off the... Uh, the tarp thing that went over the top of that when they tore it down and built Lucas Oil Stadium. That's very, very likely. Um, so anyway, so we're shooting at this dome. So what I'm getting at is it has incredibly high ceilings because it's this like huge bubble thing. And um, we get to the wedding, and this wedding we're shooting only video at. Mm-hmm. And uh, the DJ comes up to me. He's like, oh, oh, are you the videographer? I'm like, yeah, yeah, what's up? And I thought he was going to ask me, like, hey, you know, do you want to plug in your audio to my system or something? And uh, I come up to his, like, system or whatever, and he's, like, showing me this drone shot. He flew his drone around the venue uh, after he got all set up. And he was like, hey, you know, do you want me to, like, email this to you or whatever? And it was, like, you know, a really, like, low-end um, DJI's, like, super prosumer model like the so not even like the, the spark like something i think it was that. the spark but the it was all footage but it was all like on auto and it was super jerky like his mm-hmm. flying was not yeah. good and uh i was like no you know i'm okay you know i think we'll be okay with what we have um and uh he's like okay then you know I'll, I'll just send this to the venue uh. and that's where i was like Oh, uh, like that kind of pissed me off. Wait, wait, but was, on a side note, do you ever want to shoot at that venue again? It, it's a, it's a dome. <laughs> hey, I don't. I, Fort Wayne, man, we can't be picky. We got to <laughs> shoot where we can shoot. We're not Indianapolis with all those big fancy ballrooms. I mean, you're one step up from the strip clubs when you're at the dome. So I guess you know you got to take what you got to take. Right. That's right. You don't want to fall below just, that. It's just, just the tip at the. I mean, the dome. <laughs> so. Tip of the tip of the top, top of the tip. So, yeah, I, I was just curious if you'd ever uh, experienced any. I'm like these DJs are like pissing me off with this kind of stuff. Mm, I mean, <laughs> I don't want to get too deep down the rabbit hole, but I would say ninety five percent of the time, if there is a vendor who upsets me, it's a DJ. <sighs> it and is I knew I knew his heart was in the right place, and like. He didn't know better to be like, oh, that's wrong for me to give video when I'm hired to do music. And, uh, well, and it's I mean, not like- he shot it before you showed up. So it's not really that wrong. It'd be like if the vendor had hired somebody else to come in and shoot it before you showed up. Like, Correct. <laughs> it's not like it's of but, the actual event, really. So, But it, it's also like 
he's not shooting his DJ setup. He's not shooting dancing. It's in no way helping him market himself. It's more like, hey, I got set up. I'm super bored. I'm going to like fly my little DJI Spark. And I'm going to start know, bringing my drone everywhere with me. And if I'm bored, I'm just going to throw it up in the air and fly around for a while. Yeah, it kind of made me want to get a Spark just so that I could uh, start stepping on all these toes. But I never get the opportunity to get to the venue super early oftentimes enough to get that shot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so is, it, is that all you wanted to talk about with vendors? Yeah, I just wanted a video? quick rant. Just wanted a little anger off my chest. Wanted you to feel a little better that I'm equally as upset when I see vendors stepping outside their lane and into my lane, if you know what I mean. After you gave me a ton of crap and told me I didn't play nice. Yep. That's, yep, exactly. Uh-huh. All right. Well, we also wanted to mention uh, Ep- the Epic Podcast released like four episodes last week or the week before. And Epic one of those Podca- episodes. I'm trying to remember. Which one is that one? That's our good friend Nathan Mitchell. Nathan Mitchell. God, yeah. I love that guy. Um, so the episode that they released, episode 54, was a very, very old episode of theirs that they had lost after they recorded it and then recently found and posted. So what I think they were doing is they were kind of treating episode 54 like a fine wine. They Mm -hmm. wanted to let it kind of sit. They wanted to let it age and really just kind of mature and grow. Uh, So when you listen to that episode, you're going to be like, wait, I don't understand the Sony a7 III. That came out so long ago. Yeah. And then it's all going to come together. You're going to be like, oh, wait, this episode's from May. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, also, (laughs) what the hell? I don't even know where to go from there. Uh, anyway, they on this episode, it was recorded a little time after Nathan came on our podcast. And at the end, like 10 minutes to go, they do give a shout out to our podcast. And so we just wanted to take a second to say thank you guys so much. And listeners, if you don't already listen to the Epic Podcast, you should. Sam and Nathan are awesome and they do a great job. And it's one of my favorite podcasts. So glad that they... Uh are so supportive of our podcast. Dustin, that was weird. Um, Let's get into beer talk. Dustin, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, I'm drinking a big, fat bottle of Okay, but now, 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 you are off your weird diet, right? I'm not. You're you're staying on the weird diet for the rest of your life? staying on this weird diet for the rest of my life, Stephen. But you have been drinking alcohol again. Have you had any good uh, beers recently? Just just give the fans something. Come on, buddy. Um, I can't say that I have because I've been in full-on shoot and edit mode. I barely see my family, let alone have time to intoxicate myself. I'm running on five shots of espresso right now as we speak because I have so much editing to keep up with. Because you know, Dustin, like busy you, is not something that... <laughs> you should try to do with your life <sighs> well it's more like november and i don't know how this happens but november always becomes a point of travel for my wife and i um and it's never never planned that way it just happens to be like we get through october and it's like hey let's travel like let's go do something so it's like now it's that time where i'm like i'm trying to get everything caught up so that way I can be present while we travel. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going on a little weekend getaway this weekend, and then we're going on a weekend getaway the following weekend, and then you Very have Thanksgiving. Nice. And so it's like 
just trying to keep up with it all. I got to get a video done before Jen and I have to travel for our next wedding. Um, Dustin, tonight yeah, I am drinking too. a Oktoberfest from Upland Brewery. And I'm double dipping. I'm also drinking a Kentucky bourbon barrel pumpkin beer. <laughs> oh, wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Kentucky makes a bourbon? I mean, makes a pumpkin ale? Yeah, Kentucky bourbon barrel. They make Can I see what that looks beer. like? Can I see what that looks like? Oh, that doesn't help me. It's Sorry, not in a it's bottle. Glass, but it's the bottle looks just like all their other <laughs> bottles, except it has an orange label. <laughs> I love Kentucky Bourbon Barrel. It's probably one of my top ten favorite beers. Kentucky Bourbon Barrel, like the normal beer, mm-hmm. uh, was the yeah. first Bourbon Barrel beer I ever had, and it's what caused my deep, deep love of Bourbon Barrel beers. Um, that, but it is that beer also was served at a wedding. Not one of my favorite Bourbon Barrel beers anymore. <laughs> Oh, no. Well, it's just, uh, you know, it was a great starter, a great introduction, but there are just so many other um, really, really good bourbon barrel beers out there. That that beer, like that Eric wow. Black's bourbon barrel. The Kentucky oh, bourbon barrel uh, was on draft at a wedding um, we shot a couple years back, and I have never seen uh, the level of intoxication Oh yeah, that I that I had seen at that when I because I went up to the ven uh, the venue coordinator and I was like, hey, I can't believe they have Kentucky Bourbon Barrel on draft, and she's like, yeah, that's the groom's favorite beer. No, nice. And when, we, and when we said maybe we should only do it for like an hour, yes, that was a she, good idea. He, he was like, no, I want it all night long, and they almost lit the venue on fire. So that with their sparkler send off. Oh, everyone was throwing up that night, I bet. There's so many glasses broken on the dance floor. It was a shit show. Mm, sounds great. Uh, Dustin, let's push on into our topics. Topics. Dustin, you let's... said you wanted to do a lens episode. Uh, for the listeners out there, full disclosure, I've been working on a video edit, and I have to get stuff ready to travel. So I didn't do any of the uh, pre-production work this week. Dustin took care of all of it, and Dustin's also editing the episode. So um, this is so, all so what, put together, topics, lens episode. Let's go. Let's go. See what you did there, Steve? Lens go? Lens Let, go. Let's, lens go. Yeah. Yeah, no. Let, that lens pro to go? stupid at all. No? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And you can save uh, little snarky comments like lens pro to go until <laughs> they sponsor an episode. <laughs> there you go. Lens rental? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's go. With our lens episode, uh, so Steven, let's go with our let's episode. So I wanted to talk briefly about, and I'm going to let you lead this topic a little bit because this is something you do more so than I, because I just don't have those big kahunas like you do. Mm-hmm. Um, so as most wedding photographers, especially during the portraits, um, you like to shoot that wide, wide open with something like that 50 or that 85 or that 35. Uh, going like f1 point something or other and uh, depending on what you're shooting with and I just can't do it Steve I can't do it Uh, but then I see your photos and I'm like oh my gosh that creaminess that Mm. butter that butter behind them I thought you said that all my photos were out of focus but then, like then, two I really zoom, no. like then I really two, zoom in, ago, and I'm you like, said oh. all my photos are out of focus. Oh, it's soft. <laughs> um, but that's why I'm always at f2.5, 2.2 oh, at gross. the very lowest. And um, 
I just can't, I can't do that one, the F1 stuff. I did it a couple of times at an engagement session. I was like, oh, it looks pretty good. But then I, as I was calling, I'm like, oh, one out of 50 are in focus. Oh, you got to switch to Sony and use that iFocus. Yeah. I just switched to my iPhone, which is called iFocus too. You're or I could, ma- I could manually focus and that would be iFocus. I'm focusing. I'm always done, Steve. I'm okay. always done. Well, Dustin, as much as you might think I shoot wide open all the time, I don't. The only time I really what? shoot wide open is when I'm doing reception, like dance floor stuff. Mm. And I need to be wide open because I want all the light I can get. So when you're doing portraits, you're not at like f1.4, 1.2? So typically, like Mm, any lens that you use, like a f1.4, f1.2, the like best way to use them is not shooting wide open. Uh, Typically, you want to shoot it like a f2.0 with like a f1.2 lens. So That's what I just said that I do. Yeah. So typically when I'm shooting portraits and stuff, I shoot at f2.0. If it's like the just the bride or just the groom, and if it's like both of them, eh, I'll probably still chance that and be at f2.0. I don't typically shoot f1.4 or f1.2 when I'm doing photos of the two of them, though, because it's too hard to get both of them in focus. One of their faces will always be like a little bit too blurry. But I do shoot wide open more than most other people, I would say just because like once the reception starts I'm wide open almost the entire rest of the night. I don't uh I don't subscribe to the idea that some people have that you should shoot all your reception stuff at like F4 and use off camera flash so then you can get the faces of the people surrounding them dancing in focus. Like I want everybody out of focus. I just want the bride and groom in focus. Uh when I'm on the dance floor, uh big thing when you're shooting dance floor photos is and um Jen and I were just talking about this because we run our own editing company and we have to like cull photos and edit photos for other people. And what we're looking for when we're looking for a good dance floor photo is we want a clear subject in your photo. So when you shoot at like F 1.2 or F 1.4, you can really focus in on just like one person dancing. Everybody else is blurry. So then you have a very clear subject in your photo. Whereas when you're shooting at like F 4.0, you might get a shot where it's like, oh, well, everybody's in focus in this shot. But what I'm really seeing is I don't have a clear subject. It just looks like a lot of like blah and I don't know where to focus my eye so I like to shoot wide open then uh, in fact I shoot wide open so much that Dustin I believe you started calling me a gaper boy <laughs> you said that I, I was always I gaping at weddings I don't believe that ever came out of my mouth yeah no you said to me just before we started the podcast that you wanted to bring this subject up because you wanted to say I was a gaper boy I, I believe the things that have been said is like, man, Steve, you're so wide open. I'm afraid your eye's going to like fall through your lens. Mm-hmm. And you're like, Just roll right through it because that lens is so wide yeah. open. And you were like, because you're gaping with your lens. You're, you're gaping. I believe. You're like, Steve, Steve, you might get your eye poked out walking around the dance floor with that lens so wide open. I, I, believe, I believe the words you actually said before, though, was, Steve, you might get your eye poked out because you're gaping with your camera. I, I don't think so, Steve. I don't. I've never seen that. you more uncomfortable in my entire life. 
I don't think uh, no. I think the most uncomfortable I was is when you were talking about those Disney characters on other podcasts like that. Oh I yeah. Think, well, well, that was a really nope, gross, we, ugly thing that I had to listen to, and by had to, I mean started listening to and then shut off. But yeah, no. Those are just, those are just, beloved children's characters. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's just. Really Would you tarnished. say that those beloved children's characters are capable? <laughs> there you went. You went there. Oh, I'm just asking if they shoot with their their you're supposed their lens to be wide this open. Easy for me to edit, not harder. <laughs> I want you to know the pain I go through every single week. Uh, so speaking of dance floor uh, shots, uh, one thing I wanted to ask you, since this is our lens heavy episode, is what lens of choice do you and Jennifer shoot with when you're on the dance floor getting down and dirty? Uh, we typically go pretty wide on the dance floor so we can get like right up into the action. So I'm usually on a 35 the entire time we're on the dance floor. I'm talking about now, like, dance floor once Canon the reception starts. Now is this a Canon 35 or is this a Sigma 35? This is a, we don't have a Canon 35. We have two Sigma Art uh, F1.4 lenses. 35mm 30, F1.4. And did you and know when you do switch to Sony, you can send that art lens to Sigma and they'll swap it out, as I just learned from Sam and Nathan's Epic Podcast episode. I told you about that like five episodes ago on this I, podcast. Steve, I don't listen to you. I have to listen to other podcasts and then come back and sound more educated. You just can't listen to me because all you see is my gaping maw when I'm talking. That's right. That is right. That's all I should I shut see. my mouth more often. That is true. Um, Dustin, so how wide do you shoot on the dance floor? Uh, since I'm on the dance floor with a 24 to 70 millimeter lens, because I like that variable focal length, um, I am uh, rocking somewhere around the 24 to 35 millimeter range most of the time. Mm -hmm. But every now and then I'll see a sweet little tender moment happening that I don't want to be all wide. So I like that ability to crank it to 70 and kind of get in there. Um and I know that doesn't really work well with a lot of photographers. They like to have that fixed focal length mm -hmm. for both the aperture and then also the uh, takes kind of that extra element out of their brain of like, oh, I can, fo you know, I can zoom in and out. Um, whereas my brain is so, so skilled and talented that I can, I can function at a level where I can, I can do that, Stephen. Are you going to keep uh, blowing yourself on the podcast or are you going to get down to talking about real stuff here? Uh, this is me talking real talk, Stephen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it, it really sounded like what you were doing is just saying that you're the greatest photographer in the world. Everybody else isn't as good as you. I, I mean, you did coin coin the name Grandmaster Photographer, Fort Wayne, Indiana. So, I mean, I just I'm trying to live up to that. What for was the key you, part of that? Steve. Of Fort Wayne, Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That is the key part. Mm-hmm. I, I, I hope to be the best of Noblesville someday and dethrone you, but it's a long, <laughs> it's a long, tr long journey, a trek. No, I wouldn't say I'm the best in Noblesville. I mean, technically I live with a photographer who's much better than me, so <laughs> just throwing that out there. So what you're saying is that you're constantly living in a state of inferiorness. Yeah, no, it's what's uh, caused me to be so harsh with you because I got to get it out somewhere. <laughs> nah, I feel I get it out so much of the time. I just gotta, I gotta work through my vices and make you feel inferior as well. 
Mm. That's why we drink on this podcast. Dustin, so you are between a 24 and a 35. Jen, uh, a lot of times we'll shoot with the 17 to 35 or the 24 Mm. to 70 as well. Um, when she's shooting with the 17 to 35, she typically doesn't go below 24 millimeters though. Cause 17, you start to get that like wide angle lens distortion going on. And, uh, yeah, we're not I know- huge I- fans of that. Yeah. I noticed that I helped a friend, uh, with a real estate photo shoot recently and he had picked up that 17 to 35, uh, for that purpose. And I just thought that 17, the way it, it distorts when it goes wide is mm-hmm very unflattering um, compared to my Nikon 14 to 24, which I used to break out all the time on the dance floor, which I'm not going to say it's flattering, but it's fun. (laughs) And how wide were you shooting with that uh, Nikon when you're shooting 14 to 40? Oh, I'm I'm all the way at 14, baby. Mm, I'm all the way at 14. Mm Mm-hmm. But mm. but how how wide like open was your shutter? Was it all the way open? All the, the way, yeah. Aperture, I mean, sorry, my yeah, bad. All all the way. So you'd say you're gaping with that lens. And then the problem with that lens is you'd hit, you know, you get that shot of someone doing something really fun, and then you'd hit someone kind of in the in the corner, and their arm just turns into something the size of like a beer keg because that distortion just kills it. <laughs> So I've had too many instances where I'll get like this great moment, but then I've got to awkwardly crop it because uh, I had too many people look really weird on the on the sides. Yeah, is that why for a while your uh, photography company was called McKibben's Keg Arms? <laughs> McKibben's Keg Arms, yeah, yeah. It was it was a branding struggle. I was just trying something out, and uh, no one was biting. So uh, how to let it go, Steve. I I would totally go in for uh, for keg arms photos. Keg arms and keg arms and legs. Yeah, I want that Popeye look. You know what I'm talking about? All all forearm. I know exactly what you're talking about, Steve. So uh, back to lenses. Back to what? Back to real talk, Steve. Um, Real talk with Dustin McKibben. I just want I just want to circle back because we talked a little bit about reception, a little bit about dance floor. Uh, seems like uh, the common thread is kind of going wide. Uh, do we do we not go no seventy to two hundreds for you and the Jennifer at all at the reception or first dance, father daughter, uh, mother son dances? Those will be shot largely with a seventy to two hundred. There's nobody on the dance floor to get in your way. The big problem with going with a lens like a seventy to two hundred or even like an eighty five during dancing photos is you're so far unless you're doing like close-ups on people's faces which i don't recommend like for dancing photos like it's just not the like the appealing thing is that people are dancing and there's a lot of motion and that's what you want to capture typically um so unless like you're doing like super close-ups you're kind of standing further back from them when you're shooting with a 50 or an 85 and there's just so many people typically on the dance floor that you can't get a clean shot of whatever your subject is so Got to get that clean, clean shot. Mm-hmm. All right, you want to move on to some questions? Dustin, I do want to move on to some questions, but first up, we got to do some out-of-person sales. Oops. <laughs> now you blew it. Now, now, now it's not a subliminal thing anymore. I don't know what you're talking about, Steve. I just want to take a quick second to tell you a little bit about Greetable.com. 
It's our favorite resource for giving gifts. Uh, As you know, Stephen sent me an amazing gift last week, and I was able to respond by sending him one as well. And I'm so excited for you guys to see what I was able to give him as soon as Stephen gets back from his trip. Um, The experience of ordering from Greetable is so simple. It's so easy. I think you guys are going to absolutely love it. I was able to lay in my bed before I fell asleep and make a perfect customized gift for Steven that I think he's just absolutely going to love. Um, You get to personalize it with messaging, with photos, with artwork, and then you get to pick out a gift and all of these things are like under $25. Uh, It's just really a no-brainer. Readable is actually taking this a step farther by extending to you, our dear listeners, 20% off your first order. So what that means is that's not 20% off like one gift. That's 20% off an entire order. So what I'm encouraging you guys to do is go onto their site and send all of your favorite vendors that you love working with a customized gift. Add your logo, add a photo, add like just a, a nice little gift, a little trinket, just something personal that says thank you. Uh, that's what this service is all about. And that's why we love, 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 love working with these guys. Um, so that promo code, guys, is HANGOVER20. Again, guys, that's greetable.com, G-R-E-E-T-A-B-L.com. And we're going to have all this in the show notes for you guys, too. Uh, and so go ahead. Go ahead and get your greet on. Q&A me, baby. Questions, answers. Questions, answers. Sing it to me. I, I was actually, that's a pre-recorded track. I, I pre- <laughs> our first question this week comes from Annika Line from our very own Facebook group. Someone yeah. help mm-hmm. me. How I'd on earth... To. Someone help me. How on earth do you cull a wedding down to a manageable number of photos when using multiple shooters? This wedding is finished, and I have 1,800 images. There are 1,800 pictures that are already processed, and I feel are good enough to present to the couple. But I know it's way too many. How do you choose what to leave out? There's nothing left that is exactly duplicate, out of focus, etc. They're all deliverable moments in the day. But I know this many is overwhelming and takes away from the gallery overall. Do you really just delete these or what? I feel like at least half have to go. But if I were the bride, I'd want to see them all. Crying face emoji. Help. Help. Oh man, man, uh, I've I felt your pain, Annika. Um, we recently uh, started letting our intern Lily uh, call our weddings this year, and she's a lot less uh, selective than we are. And so, but we're also photographing her wedding, so I'm, I'm trying to kind of let her show us what a bride would want to see and being that she's calling you know a five to six thousand image wedding down to somewhere in the neighborhood of 
you know, it's been about 1,200 to 1,500 pictures. Um, I've just been letting them go like that. I've just been doing it and uh, hoping, you know, I've, I've been, tr- I've actually kind of switched up our sales tactic, not really a sales tactic, but I, I tell brides, take two days to go through your wedding photos <laughs> instead of like sit down in a single evening. Let's re- real talk. Real talk here, Dustin. Um, Annika's talking about delivering 1,800 photos. You're saying you might deliver 1,200 to 1,500. Here's some real talk for both you and Annika because you guys need to mm. know this. When you deliver too many photos, the client can get photo fatigue while looking at the gallery. If they're just staring for hours and hours on end at all the pretty pictures on their phone or computer, they could burn out their eyes. This is a real problem. Next thing you know, Dustin or Annika, you're getting sued for causing your client to go blind. And that's on you. That is true. So Steve how do you does, deal with these lawsuits, these frivolous lawsuits, Dustin? Uh, great attorneys um, and a s- ironclad contract. Plus, Don I mean, Brent. once this bride pulls a Nicarus and flies too close to the sun, like... She can't ever see the photos again. Like, those photos are the last thing she has now seen. Mm-hmm. This is true. Steve brings up some great points, Annika. Uh, I think what he's trying to say is um, maybe maybe uh, give them one photo a day for 1,800 days. Maybe that's what, make sure their eyes don't get too tired. Just text them one photo every day. And I then, like that. I like that. It's a great approach to this, Dustin. That way, <laughs> next, you don't have to worry about those lawsuits. You don't have to worry about past galleries or zenfolios or pixie sets, any of that stuff. You just shoot them over an email, simple email attachment, one picture every day, a slow drip campaign just for, for five years. For five, five years. years. <laughs> and then at the end of that five years, you say, hey, Let's do a family session because by then they have probably one, maybe four kids somewhere in there. Yeah, somewhere maybe in a there. dog. Maybe five kids if they're real lucky. Maybe they're grandparents. Yeah. I, I mean, you never know. I would hope they're not grandparents. That the only problem with evolution. that is um, when you try to sell people on the five-year plan, they're not going to want to pay you everything up front. So they're going to pay you on a per photo basis. Mm. So you send one photo a day, they send back $1. <laughs> so you're saying that she got paid $1,800? I don't know. I'm just saying. Maybe there was I, a deposit and then I think $1 Annika, a day after if she's that, still 1800 photos, she's worth more than that. At least say $2 a photo. Mm-hmm. Um, Dustin... Joshua Withers wrote into this Facebook post and he said, this is about writing, but it equally applies to edits. It's a quote from Stephen King and it reads, kill your darlings, kill your darlings. Even when it breaks your egocentric little scribbler's heart, kill your darlings. Doesn't I just want you to confirm for the listeners, I've had the phrase kill your darlings in our podcast show notes for almost an entire year now. And every time I brought up the subject of culling, you've told me what? What? That it would be too boring and none of our listeners would care. Yeah. And somehow you still managed to work it into our That's podcast. Right. I'll make it work on the lens episode. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> if this shows I you just how also, much I want to talk about gear. <laughs> I also didn't want to talk about calling because you do it completely wrong mm. in how you actually call. So uh, I did not think it was worth the listeners being misinformed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to each their own, but, Dustin. But here we are. Here we are on this misinformation track. If you want to play the Dustin game of one star, two star, three star, four, five star, but, six star, seven star more. But I also think... Go for it. So I, I agree with Steven. There is something about being decisive and and selecting photos and just giving the client the best of the best. And that's what they hire you for. They want your eye and your vision and your professionalism in doing so. But then at the same time, you know, I've been on that other side of the lens. Uh, you know, I'm not, I've always wondered, I wonder if there's like some, especially now that I have children and uh, I'm always like, I wonder if there's like, you know, a couple more photos that maybe like, maybe Corinne and I don't look that great, but you know, Max is looking or, and you know, and I know I keep coming back I, and I say, if there was, I'm sure she would have given it to us. Yeah. But, she, your photographer would have given it, given it to you because they would have realized that when you're doing family photos, the most important thing is whether or not the kids are looking. So if the parents don't maybe have the best smile on their face, they're still going to deliver that because they know that family photos are about the kids. You hope, you hope that Steven, but you don't know, you don't know that for sure. And that's why you don't know that for sure. But as somebody who calls other people's family photos from time to time, (laughs) I can tell you it's about the kids. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, when you call our family photos from Megan, you know, let me make sure you send us the best ones. Definitely, we'll do. Um, and I'll also, Jen makes notes on like things you might want to Photoshop when uh, she's going through and editing, and she'll be like, "This one, Dustin wasn't smiling great, but this other one was." If you want, uh, we can Photoshop his head from the other one to this one. It just is going to cost, uh, you know, five bucks extra or something like that. Nice. Yeah, we'll knock it out of the park for you, Dustin. The reason I say that is Megan because Thompson to hire us to do her photo editing. Exactly. There you go. Hurry it up, man. You've got two days. From that Facebook post of Annika's, Sally Psycho responded and said she's dealing with the exact same issue this week from a wedding last weekend with multiple shooters, also looking at a delivery at around 1,800 picks, which is nuts. Sally's words, not mine. Um, Sally says she wouldn't worry about delivering all 1,800 of them as long as you feel they're the best reflection of your work, and they lend to telling the story of your client's awesome day. Give the set another look and delete anything that isn't absolutely incredible, even if it ends up only being like 100 less, and then move on to delivery and don't think about it again. See, I knew I liked Sally. Everybody likes Sally. Yeah. I 100% agree with the part where Sally says, give the set another look and delete anything that isn't absolutely incredible. Because with 1,800 photos, if it was like an eight-hour wedding, you're going to have a lot that aren't absolutely incredible. Or you'll have a lot that are incredible. But if there's like five incredible photos, all the first kiss, and they are indecipherable to the human eye that they're different because it was a very long kiss, um, you really only need one of those photos to have an incredible photo. And the other four are just like... I don't understand why these exist or why they're here. And they make that one incredible photo look less incredible, which Sally was getting at. That's why she's saying get rid of the other photos. Makes sense. The non-incredibles. You only want to keep the incredibles, not the non-incredibles. Incredibles too, preferably. 
preferably. <laughs> Have you seen Incredibles 2? Do you like that more? Um, Dustin, do you want to do another question? Another question. Yeah, I just asked you a question and cut you off. Alan Bailward from our Facebook group asked, any any suggestions oh, gosh, for you would comfortable shoes for wedding day? Oh, my right gosh. now, I wear ugly but comfortable hiking shoes. I'd love something more professional. But all the good shoes I've had would have me in agony after an 8 to 12 hour wedding day because of my day job. I don't have to be in more than jeans and a t-shirt. Casual, so to speak. So I've never really had to look at shoes. Dustin, Stephen, the men I go to for my fashion, wearing, wedding advice, what do you guys wear? Sincerely, Alan Bailward. Well, Alan, that is a great question. And I got to tell you, when I'm out on that dance floor with my lens shooting wide open, totally gaping, I'm barefoot. <laughs> There's no no better way to shoot. And nothing says professional. Like, I don't care if my, my raw piggy toes get stepped on by somebody. Just like the typical bridesmaid that is yeah, barefoot. You know? And sometimes at the end of the night, if, if I do, you know, and may, maybe it was like a rough concrete floor at the wedding. It wasn't smooth, wasn't polished, didn't, didn't feel really good on my foot. Sometimes a bride will just give me a nice little foot massage and sometimes she'll do this little piggy went to market on my, my toesies for me. And if the bride yeah. won't do it, then I'll ask my wife, you know, whatever. So if you're not already vomiting into your <laughs> morning cup of coffee or midnight mimosa or whatever you're drinking this Hopefully evening. Hopefully a beer. Uh, what Steven is trying to get away from talking about is the fact that there's oh, a company Oh, no, 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 Jet Dustin, 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 I got it. Um, Alan. Mm. Yep. Wear some moccasins. I'll, I'll be the part of Alan. Moccasins are yes, super Steven. comfortable. Super, super comfortable. It's almost like you're barefoot. It's going to feel great on that dance floor. Mm. And nobody's going to yeah. give you crap about moccasins. Yeah. I was thinking I'd rather just like get a couple memory foam pillows and just mm. shove my feet into like cut little slits and then just put those on at the reception time. Now you joke about that, but I have memory foam inserts for my shoes. Mm. Or Steve, you it's could like just walking buy, on a pillow. You could just buy better no. shoes. Oh gosh, and no, then don't this do it, Dustin. Don't do it. Wouldn't be a conversation oh, we'd even no. have to have. Gosh. You're just so excited because somebody sent you an Instagram message because you posted to our Facebook or Instagram story your photo of your Cole Hans and somebody wrote in, it was Minaret Photos, Brandon Russell, listener of the podcast, who said that he loved those Cole Hans. Mm. Oh, mm. God. Did he? Did he? I, I see, I don't even oftentimes get to see these posts uh, because Steve's so fast to read them. Um, I was really just trying to showcase my cool uh, socks that I had on. That I, I know Steve socks. Yeah, I know, mm-hmm. I know you do. That's why I thought it would be funny because people would be like, "Oh, who's who is that?" It could be either one of these yeah. knuckleheads. And then they would have seen the brown shoes with the white running sweet, soles, sweet Ugh. shoes, and they'd be like, "Oh, that must be the infamous Dustin because he's wearing those sweet, sweet Cole Hans." Yeah, you have a pair of Cole Hans that looks good. I th- believe it was the one you wore at the last wedding I shot with you, and they're like black with black soles. The pair you were wearing in the photo were brown with white soles, and they are 
utterly disgusting. That's, that's because I have a pure soul, Steve. And when I'm around you, the bottoms tend to reflect your soul. And so they turn black. And I, I can't often control that. Um, Those cool Hans so. look like somebody took a pair of Nike trainers, ripped the soles off, and just pasted them onto the bottom of a dress shoe. An Oxford dress shoe, let, mm-hmm. let's yeah, be no, clear. No, I, I wear and, Oxfords to so my weddings what, now. What you just described, Stephen, is the perfect shoe to wear to a wedding. Uh, a Nike bottom and a an dress shoe top. I mean, come on. Are we, are we even debating this right now? You know what? I still love my Aldo Italian loafers. I would really go back to those in a heartbeat. My favorite shoes ever. Feel great. Super comfortable. Uh, never looked like I was about to run a marathon when I was supposed to be shooting at wedding and dress professionally. Uh, except you are running a marathon when you shoot a wedding because there's often times where I'm shooting one thing and then I notice uh, the bride gathering her sorority sisters in the corner for a photo uh, and I'm like, oh, shit. And I'm like jumping over tables, leaping large centerpieces. And I can do all of this without breaking a sweat, Stephen, because I'm wearing the proper footwear. At this point in time, Dustin, I have shot, what, 15 weddings? I don't know. I've shot a lot of things with you. And I have never once in my entire <laughs> life seen you run at a wedding. Never <laughs> once. That's because, Stephen, the shoes I wear make it look so seamless and so effortless that it doesn't even seem like I'm running. Meanwhile, it's, I can tell you, your it's like one I'm floating over here has ran multiple times while shooting for you. In, That's why I bring you, Steve, yeah. so that I don't have to run. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't mind it. I, I, I like to get a good workout in. Mm. Dustin works me out. So, Patriot Trader. In a Reddit Facebook group, ask the question, second shooter asking for $1,000 to participate in wedding. I have a friend who started second shooting weddings with me last year and since then has experienced some growth and some demand as a photographer. We worked together on a wedding last year and earlier this week just received an inquiry for a wedding from the guest who attended it. According to the client, she initially wanted the second shooter to be the main shooter, but I was out of her budget, so proceeded to go with me. The client to be hold up, hold up. According to the client, she initially wanted the person that I'm now considering to have as my second shooter to be the main shooter, but that person was out of her budget, so the client has now proceeded to go with me because I cost less money correct the client to be has yet to sign a contract but according to my friend second shooter the client asked her to be the second shooter for this wedding in which the second shooter said if you want me this will be a thousand dollars that's right the second shooter is asking the client for one thousand dollars to shoot a wedding she didn't become the main shooter for i may be able to pocket all of the money that comes from my package uh, for the option of the second shooter but i'm just not sitting comfortable with the second shooter asking for a rather high amount from a potential client what would you do 
Well, the first thing I would do is uh, I would contact this supposed second shooter and just be like, oh, yeah, no, I'm sorry, but I'm going a different route. Then I would still charge the client that extra $1,000, you know what I'm saying. And I just yeah. bring somebody else in for a lot cheaper. There you go. And just be like, I actually hey, ha- to the client, like, I'm sorry, I had to upcharge so I could get that person, but that person backed out, so now I have to go with somebody else. I actually uh, had this exact experience. Not, I shouldn't say exact. Um, <laughs> I had a situation where uh, a bride did not book me uh, for video, and she booked one of my dear friends. And I actually reached out to him, and I was like, "Hey, man, let me second shoot. Uh, sh- let me second shoot this for you, um, because I still want to. I still want to be a part of this wedding." And he was like, "Yeah, sure." And you demanded a thousand dollars. I no, I did not demand a thousand dollars. Okay, but, so you um, didn't have this situation at all, is what you're saying? <laughs> no, but it was a situation where I was uh, way more expensive, and they went with the lesser option, but yet still got me. Mm, they still got so, all that dustin for cheap. Mm, got that super cheap D bod. So I'm never saying that again. So yeah. No, what'd you call yourself, D pod? No. No, we're not even going to worry about it. D-Pod. It's all getting cut. (laughs) (laughs) That's the best part of the episode. That should be the episode title, uh, D-Pod. No. Nope, it's going to be Steven's Large Gate. (laughs) (laughs) Got to shoot wide open with that lens. Got to gape it. Uh, We already have an episode called that, so. (laughs) And it's the episode with your wife, so. Oh, that is uncomfortable. Oh, Dustin, Ooh. what would you do in this situation? Now that you've I shared prob- your story that is in no way the same as what this person asked, what would you actually do in this situation, buddy? I, I, would, I would probably do something actually uh, similar to what you d- were saying, where um, if I had the upfront knowledge of knowing that especially if I knew that the client was comfortable paying a thousand dollars for a second shooter, I would simply say like, Hey, you know, like, great, you know, here I'll, you know, because I'm the main photographer, all transactions have to go through me. Um, I heard that you expressed interest in having a second photographer and, uh, you know, like I'm going to add that onto your package. It's only a thousand dollars and, uh, we're going to add that on and, Oh, you wanted, you know, Joe Schmo, like, Fortunately, you know, he's he isn't available. So I got this I got this other Plus, great Joe person. Schmo isn't reliable. He's always out there <laughs> schmoing around with people. You can't trust that dude. So you're just gonna attack his character. Yeah, I don't know Joe if Joe Schmo's not a good dude. We're you know, tomorrow I, is I, the election, Dustin. So yeah, I would do yeah. a political attack ad on him. I, I Joe heard Schmo he's lit. unreliable with photos. I've heard he's lit some vineyards on fire. <laughs> I heard, you know, he uh, doesn't play well with others. But, um, yeah, it's just I just think that that's such an interesting scenario to be in where they couldn't afford... That'd be like somebody wanting you, hiring me, and then be like, hey, Dustin, I've seen Steve shoots with you from time to time. Uh, we're going to go ahead and, like, hire you, but we want you to ask Steve to shoot with you and then they reach out to you also to tell you about this arrangement. And then you're like, yeah, that sounds good. Uh, I'm just going to need $1,000. 
And then I'd be like, that perfect. would be normal. So I don't, I don't know why that's so strange to you, Dustin. And I'd be I like, you perfect. dollars every time I shoot with you. I just like sign the contract. And in my contract, in nowhere, shape, or form does it ever say who is going to shoot with me. In fact, like there's actually nowhere that it says that Corinne will shoot with me. <gasps> um, so, yeah. So, like, it's not even like a set thing that you'll have Corinne on your wedding day, let alone the great Stephen Van Elk. So, I'd be like, just going to add that $1,000 to this package. And then, sorry, Steve, I'm going to have to hire Jen. So, Damn yeah. It. Sorry. Well, you did hire the better photographer from Noblesville. So, it was a good choice to go with Jen. I can't, I, can't I, fault you I just, there. Just gotta, I've just got to give my clients the best, Steve. You know, uh, from a strictly business uh, thing, taking all the personal stuff out of it, you made the right choice. From a personal perspective, I will murder you in a heartbeat, Dustin. <laughs> oh, Steven. Um, so, Dustin, you know, you brought it up. So, let's just say, what would it cost to get Dustin and Steve to shoot together for a wedding? Oh, my goodness. I... I would love to shoot a wedding with you, Steve. Let's say you're a listener out there. Okay. You're getting married. Sure. Uh, you want to, for some reason, unknown to anybody in the world, hire Dustin and Steve. Um, not just one of them, not somebody local who is a better photographer than both of us. But for some reason, you want to go with Dustin and Steve. What's it going to cost to get us out there, buddy? Let's, let's put uh, it down on the table. At least two Kentucky bourbon barrel ales. Mm-hmm. Um one because that's my favorite. Two because it's not your favorite, so it makes me it's have great joy. Beer. It's a good beer. I know, I but it's not it your favorite. So many other beers. And uh, you know, maybe like five hundred dollars plus the plane ticket, first class. Um, a nice Airbnb. Is nice that plane hotel. ticket first class for both you and me, or no, no, just coach? me. Yep, your coach, first class for me. <laughs> I know how you like those peanuts, and gotta get them. I, I don't. Yep, and I don't need them, so I might as well be in first class. Yeah, uh, that to makes sense. Costs. That makes sense. Um, so yeah, I think that five hundred dollars each and uh, a healthy ten thousand dollar donation to our anchor, and Stephen and I will be there. Shoot your wedding. <laughs> If it was possible for somebody to donate ten thousand dollars to the anchor, to the anchor, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know, Steve. What do you think? If uh, somebody, you know, are we talking like I'm doing photo? Good, but I would want at least a uh, twenty piece chicken nugget from McDonald's on top of Ooh. that. Ooh, mm-hmm. yeah, not not Wendy's. Oh, you know disgusting. what? Yeah, you're right. I should really. I should. Don't we, low. Don't low bar. I shouldn't low bar. Low brow, I should swing low for the bar. fences. Um, I'd want to. Beefy Crunch Burrito from Taco Bell. <laughs> I just found out I missed the like triple stack Crunchwrap Supreme from Taco Bell. Someone told me about this the other day. And I was like, how was I not informed about this? You know what? Let's really raise the bar. Um, I wouldn't come unless there's a Shake Shack in your city. Oh, God. I love Oh, my gosh. The peanut butter milkshake at Shake Shack. Oh, dude, I got to try. I've never been to an In-N-Out before. I'm going to be in California this weekend in uh, the San Jose area. If you're hearing this podcast on Sunday, it's too late. I'm already gone. Um, but I got to try in san Jose. If you're in San Jose, man, you got to get Waco's. Is it Waco's? Waco's? Waco's Tacos? I'm going to assume it's Waco's. No, it's not Waco's. 
pretty sure it's no Wahoo's. Oh, Wahoo's taco. That sounds better. Wahoo's tacos, dude. It's like, oh, it's so good, so so good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like a, it's like a West Coast chain. I was disappointed because uh, San Jose, it was recently announced they're going to get a Shake Shack sometime soon, and I wanted to try both In-N-Out and Shake Shack, you know, like together. Have you never been to a Shake Shack? Both. I've been to Shake Shack multiple times. It is my favorite, okay. uh, like, fast casual burger place in the world. might be Definitely. my favorite burger in the world, but I don't know. There's a mm. place There's a place in town called the Pint Tap or the Pint Room or something, and they have a PB&J burger and. Oh my what? gosh, it's amazing. Next time in you're Noblesville? down here, we gotta go. No, it's in Carmel. It's how, better than Brew I've Burger. I've been to visit you how many times, and you know I love both burgers and peanut butter yeah, and jelly, like for that matter. Jam, and it's got like real strawberries And this has never it. been a topic of you, conversation. You eat it Color me offended. All over your face. Color. I believe every time you come to Fort Wayne, Stephen, I take you to the utmost of delicacies. I'm taking you to Brava's. Taking you to Hoppy Gnome, I'm I'm a little disappointed the right now. The problem is you haven't been down here since I found this place, so that's on you. They also have really good beer. Uh, but you know what, Dustin? Thanks for listening to another episode of the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast with Dustin and Steve. If you want to help us out, jump on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. If you want to connect, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Wedding Photo Hangover or on Twitter at Wedpick Hangover. Dustin is on Instagram at Dustin underscore McKibben and Stephen is at Stephen Van Elk. If you want to get involved with the awesome community of listeners, join the Wedding Hangover Facebook group. It's on Facebook. Just do a search for Wedding Hangover. It'll pop up. Or go to the Wedding Photo Hangover Facebook page and you can get to the group from there somehow, I think. Uh, if you really want to warm our hearts, though, head on over to anchor.fm slash wedding photo hangover and you can sign up to support us for as little as 99 cents a month. It's extremely helpful to us and to the making of this podcast. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time your head is pounding. Your limbs feel like dead weight, and your entire being aches for the sweet embrace of death. That's right, next Sunday after you shoot another, another wedding. Dun-dun-dun. Dustin, real quick before we go. Nope. Uh, Peace. Bye, Steve. Do you want to talk about this 20-person composite photo you did? Uh, so, uh, recently I shot a wedding with the great and infamous... Uh, Daniel Alicio mm-hmm. uh, from the Indianapolis area, fan of, fan of the show, Daniel. Uh, I just like his name because I like to say, damn, Daniel, because he does a lot of like super creative, very He's impressive really things. really a fan of the show, I feel like he'd find that super offensive that you just related him with the Snapchat, damn, Daniel thing. Yep. But um, he is, he's a real person. <laughs> yeah. Lo- love Daniel to death and uh with the white vans. Uh, and he uh he was doing something really fun and creative uh where he was doing these multi person bridal party shots where he would do it sort of like a Vogue esque uh cover shoot where he would light each person in the bridal party individually, or at least like a cluster of them individually. And so I had this opportunity where we had a wedding recently and the uh, it was raining and pouring and nasty outside and I felt like I didn't have like a really strong bridal party photo. And so I was like, what would Daniel do in this situation? 
And I try to pull off sort of this like massive, highly stylized composite photo. But what I didn't take into account was just how drunk this bridal party was. And in order to really, really do a good job with something like this, it requires uh, everyone to kind of kind of hold still for at least a couple minutes. And these guys are moving all over the place. And it made compositing this like, oh my gosh, it took like two hours to stitch all these people together from, I took like 15 frames. I used about eight of them. And I've got a couple knuckleheads. They're supposed to be giving me like a serious look and a couple knuckleheads are smiling. And most of them were giving you a look that was like, I'm going to murder this photographer as soon as he's done with this photo. Yeah. Cause pretty much it was me standing between like all the alcohol they just consumed on the trolley and consuming more alcohol. And the only thing in between those two things was this photo. And so I was like, and so I said that to them. I was like, the only thing between you guys and party drinking, eating is this. And I got the most like most like death glares from half of them. And then the other ones were like, I'm so drunk. This is hilarious. I mean, and, it is hilarious. Let's be honest. Yeah. So it was the bride thought it was cool. That's all that really matters at the end of the day. Um, um, d- not a super big fan of the photo. Doing this again. Uh, I, I think I would, if the situation presented itself and I thought it was worth doing, it's not something that I would do at every wedding. Mm -hmm. Um, but so what I'm concerned about though is, and this is something that I wanted to talk to Daniel about is if it's something you do at a couple of weddings, could it turn into something that brides expect at every wedding? 100%, Dustin. That's why people build up a style and stuff like that because then brides come right. to them for that style. And if you keep doing this, it'll become your style and that is what brides will expect. Correct. And that's not something I want to do at every wedding. So then I'm like, but I don't want to necessarily not be able to do it at any wedding. Did you bring so, a tripod with you? Did you have your camera on a tripod or were you just free, I did, free wheeling? I did, did bring a tripod. I did, yeah. And then I was composing and clicking the shutter while Corinne kind of walked around and lit everybody individually. So you had your number one stunner there to do all the heavy lifting? Number one stunner. Yep. What I didn't... What I didn't do, though, Stephen, I made the most rookie mistake and I didn't get a frame... Mm-hmm. of the scene without Corinne in it. <laughs> so, I mean, it was a large enough group that I could get her out of it, no problem. Um, but I wish I would have gotten just like an overall exposure with nobody in it, like without the people, just the room. Yeah. Uh, just because if you saw the photo, there's that like harsh shadow yeah. of the guy on the wall. And that's like the best shot I have of that wall without Corinne or some other random person standing in the way. Yeah. Because you have to remember everyone in that bridal party, all of their spouses and significant others who were also intoxicated were all around and all of their kids were also like running around like crazy in that little 
lobby area that I took that photo. Mm-hmm. So even though it looks like, oh, he had this epic lobby all to himself, I'm like fighting back 15 people on the other side of the camera from ruining my photo. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I definitely want to try it again um, if I have a an opportunity. Um, I thought that the uh, the posing came 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 out pretty good and uh yeah i think it worked with the large group made it more interesting i don't know how it would look with a smaller group i feel like you need a big group to really or at least a medium group uh is this something you and jen have ever tried or thought about trying no because it's way too much work on the wedding day and way too much work post wedding day so like it's yeah it's interesting to look at sometimes if it's you know people don't look like they want to murder you but um it's not really something that we think is a good use of our time or the couple's time on the day yeah but i can see how you would want to do it if you felt like you didn't have a good photo of the entire group yet like and i would applaud you and anybody else who would do this just for the fact that they actually took the time to try to do this like this it's not easy so yeah, the one thing I would do, which Daniel does, is he uses a larger modifier. Uh, like a, I think he uses like a shoot-through umbrella, and all I have is that little, little softbox, mm-hmm. and uh, that's all I had with me for this. And uh, so it's not quite as uh, open of a light; it doesn't quite replicate like a big window like uh, his did. And so it made it definitely like a more of a moody photo than what I really was actually going for. Because you're more of a light and airy sort of photographer. Yeah. So I wanted uh, more of that. Highlights typically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Who needs highlights? (laughs) I like them low lights. (laughs) Love Mm. them low lights. Love them low lights. I've actually got that plug-in in Lightroom where I've got the low lights uh, slider. Ooh, very nice. Yeah. Yeah, baby. I believe most people just call those shadows, but whatever. Hey, to each their own. You call them shadows, I call them low lights. Dustin, can I ask uh, you a question? Nope. Have you heard of the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina on Netflix? Uh, you mean Sabrina the Teenage Witch? Mm, same storyline. It is It is also about that same Sabrina, the teenage witch, from the Archie comics. Mm-hmm. But this is the chilling adventures of Sabrina, and it's made by the guy who makes uh, Riverdale, the like, I, Archie. I have, I have seen it, but as I alluded to earlier in the episode, Stephen, I am so busy that I have not, I don't want to allow myself to start a, any kind of a new series that's going to suck me in. I made the mistake of doing that two day, two nights ago and I got, I started rookie. I, I don't know if you've watched that, uh, with the guy from castle and firefly. I can't think of his name off the top of my head, Nathan but Fillion. yep, that guy. And, uh, I was like, Nope, there goes all chance of doing work. Because I just love him so much. Who doesn't? Nathan Fillion is a gem. And yeah, so I'm like, I can't start any more new shows until I get through wedding mm-hmm. editing season no, I understand. or whatever. You should go back and watch the uh, last season of Buffy. Nathan Fillion's on that as like the uh, bad guy. 
Good stuff. Oh, really? He's only in for a few episodes at the end. But you can tell Josh Whedon took a liking to him because then Firefly, you know. I love Firefly. Mm-hmm. Dustin, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. You don't have to go out and watch it right now. I know you're busy. It'll be on Netflix, you know, in December, whenever. It's a Netflix original. It is incredibly well shot. It's very, like... It's like a, it's like Harry Potter if Harry Potter was incredibly satanic, you know? So I got to be honest, I haven't made it past episode two and I don't think I'm going to go back because I just, I can't do that satanic stuff. It messes with my head too much because of my extremely Christian upbringing. But yeah, that's the problem I had with American Horror Story. But the chilling adventures of Sabrina might have some of the most interesting cinematography I've seen in a very long time. They shoot a ton of stuff with like tilt shift lenses to like make you feel kind of uneasy. Um, So a lot of times you'll see like wide shots where Sabrina is in focus and somebody else who is like two feet away from her same like plane as her is completely out of focus. Um, so it's very disorienting. They do a thing a lot of times, like, uh, when something's really tense in a scene, but it's like tense in like a kind of like evil way, um, where they just take the lens slightly out of focus. So all of a sudden now, like you can't really focus on the person's face who's talking cause they're slightly out of focus. And it's, they do a lot of tricks like that to kind of, uh, to upset you visually as you're watching. Um, another cool thing that they do is when they shoot their like outside shots of like buildings, like the house Sabrina lives in instead of like, it seems like everyone now is like, Oh, we're shooting this house outside. We're going to do a drone shot when it comes to video. It seems like the very pretty standard thing. And for most of their like outside, like uh wide shots of like locations and stuff, they're doing like shots where it looks like the camera might be on the ground and so like you can see like the ground in front of them like out of focus and then the house way far back is in focus so it's kind of like um it's kind of like when you're trying to make something look miniature except like reverse where instead of going like high up and shooting down with like a tilt shift you're like getting like real low to the ground and shooting up with a tilt shift um and it's like this really cool effect and then maybe like the coolest effect i saw was there's this like shot of sabrina in the woods where the camera's camera is like revolving around her and i couldn't quite pin down what lens they were using but it had this really crazy looking effect where it looked like sabrina is like in focus the whole time perfectly like normal but like the background the woods behind her is just distorted as hell and like bubbling behind her as the camera spins it kind of was like the effect you get when you take like a 50 millimeter and you put it backwards on your camera you know when you're trying to do like macro shots because you don't have a macro lens you just flip that 50 around Uh it kind of looked like they mounted a lens backwards for that shot and it was just so cool and they were like there maybe 15 times in the first episode because Jen and I were watching together while she was editing where I was like, Oh no, 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 we got to stop and we got to go back like five seconds. Jen, you have to watch this because they're doing something really cool here. It's like the most enthusiastic I've felt about cinematography since they do. Uh, they do a lot of that same stuff on Riverdale. Yes, I've watched Jen was Riverdale saying that as well, but she said Sabrina's like amped up even more. Yeah. So, I mean, it, sounds like it but uh, that was the reason i was hooked into riverdale was because of the cinematography Mm -hmm. in that um i mean it's a little over the top with the cheesy teenage romance stuff yeah see and jen watches riverdale i've seen it over her shoulder a few times and i just can't get past the cheesy like teenage romance stuff so i've never gotten super into it 
but I love the over the top cinematography that's in that. And so, um, the color grading, the tilt shift lens use the super low depth of field. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love all that stuff. Yeah. It was like a, like my reaction to seeing chilling adventures of Sabrina, like the first two episodes, like I haven't felt that way about cinematography and something since I watched the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford, which was all shot by uh, Deacons, who is an amazing cinematographer. If you, if you guys mm-hmm. don't know who he is, you should look him up. He's basically shot like all of the best movies that have ever been made. Okay, not all the best movies, but many, many of like my favorite movies were shot by Deacons. Sounds good. All right. Doesn't I've got to pee. You got to pee. Good night, Steve. Yeah. Let's, let's call it a night. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>this podcast was edited by big burrito creative check out big burrito for all of your video photo audio needs